0: Once or twice a year, I try to go broke, you know, absolutely run out of money and it's stressful. And that for me is really important because, you know, what I'm willing to do on this is probably much more than other people would be. And I think if you approach anything in life like that you know going the extra mile or working harder or working later doing whatever or knowing your systems better or knowing whatever better then you're going to come out on top
1: welcome hey leaders i'm super excited about bringing a, a special alumni on adam coleman adam coleman is the exception that proves the rule so adam was not an operator in our program and became a coach or a district manager so we'll talk about this on the uh podcast but uh he had a, a very very unique way into the business and he really uh, helped co-create our window cleaning business so our initial year and we grew to 1.5 million. Did that a couple of years, then three million, and now this year I think we'll do seven million. So he was a huge part of that. He wrote our our manual, helped uh, create systems and processes for our business, and uh, you'll you'll hear us talk about him creating systems and processes for the business that he is employed at as a vice president, and also in his real estate business. So fascinating uh, conversation with Adam incredible progress that he's made over over the short time, you know five years or so since he's left the business and uh, just awesome to see all the progress he's made. So you know why we do this is to find amazing young leaders to come and make a difference in their lives as, as leaders and create huge futures. So if you know someone, please send them this podcast send them to our website studentworks.com or Direct them to me, Thompson at studentworks.com. Have a fantastic day, and I know you're going to enjoy this podcast. Thank you. Adam, welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast.
0: Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. It's been a minute, Chris. It has
1: been a minute, and I'm, I'm, I'm super excited about, about having you. I know we got a chance to catch up on all the progress you've been making. So tell us, who was Adam Coleman before joining the program? For sure.
0: So, I mean, I think I came in in a bit of a different way than than the average person. I ended up coming in, uh, you know, as a district manager, which was a, sort of a different different vibe and different style. But, you know, I back in university ran, you know, window cleaning business and was, was coaching and stuff like that back then. So we really turned back the clock even before that, I would say like as a teenager, I was somebody that was in general pretty ambitious, but really stubborn. So I could be good in school if I chose to, but I had to really like the subject matter and the teacher and all that kind of stuff. So I was I was pretty stubborn growing up that way. Uh, and I think not much has changed since then. <laughs> um, but- but <laughs> it just kind good, good and bad, uh no, but but genuinely, i think I think the other thing that was really interesting was I was always pretty entrepreneurial, even from as far back as I can remember of like you know cutting lawns at my neighbor's place and all that kind of stuff, and uh even you know during high school was uh you know kind of doing some work on doing automotive photography and videos and stuff like that, and this is dating myself, but th- this is pre YouTube stuff. And it was all sort of that. So remember being ambitious from that perspective, but never found something that ultimately stuck with really who I was or what I wanted to do. And, um, you know, when I ended up starting to run a, my, my first window cleaning business there, it all kind of came together. and thought, Oh, my God, like this, this is interesting, you know, all of these different sort of elements, I ended up going to university to get a business degree. But it it never really clicked. Like it was useful, but putting it all together and having systems and things like that was such a difference and such a learning curve for me. because so i would never really seen it done that way. And it was just such an eye opener to have that sort of experience put in front of me. So, um, yeah, I would say that's, that was sort of me beforehand, like never quite sure what I wanted to do, but, you know, lo- loved the opportunity when I, when I got that.
1: Awesome, awesome. So a couple of things I'm going to point at. One of them is your uh sometimes you know, stubbornness, let's call it. And one of the cool yeah. things or cool things or one of the challenging things about any business is is if you want really good people, you're gonna get some people who are really good and then really challenging and really, you know, come stubborn, quote unquote, and and difficult to make a decision or whatever it is. And that's just what it is. And so, so it's certainly um um, I've learned to, again, excel in dealing with difficult people or difficult situations, difficult challenges. And certainly, you were never yeah. a difficult person in any way whatsoever. But it, it is it is one of those things to kind of understand. Again, when people are passionate about things, right, sometimes they're difficult. And, and so, and you are the exception that proves the rule. You know, this podcast talks about, oh, look, you know, these people who all ran businesses with us and started here. And so really funny, um, Victoria Landerville. Uh, somebody on the podcast and a super superstar coach in the program. You and she were were dating, and we basically had an opportunity. We had previously tried window cleaning. We had Chris O'Rourke, one of our massively successful former operators, start a window cleaning business, and as the coach. And what we discovered was we weren't ready to do window cleaning yet because all that happened was we took operators from a painting business that they could do into a window cleaning business. And the window cleaning averages at the time and still are lower than painting averages. So it just didn't make financial sense. So we paused. And then it was like, how are we getting into this painting, this window cleaning business? I'm sure we could figure it out. And you wrote our first manual. And why don't you take us back there about, you know, sort of the structures and about you, you coming into the business and what that was like, actually, you know, uh, et cetera.
0: Yeah, I mean that that's a whole whole rabbit hole but it was super interesting because it, like you mentioned I was dating dating Victoria Lanthvill at the time and I kind of just got sucked into the culture yes. and pseudo you, know, <laughs> you know operator even though I never operated which was weird but wonderful at the same time because I mean there's there's so many people I mean more more now I think than than back then but even though I wasn't in the program, I, I I sort of felt the energy that was around it, and was was surrounded by uh, a bunch of the people that are still there now. You know, Pat, Patrick yeah. Alon is still there, and all that. So yes. that was super super interesting. So I had, uh, like I sort of mentioned, I'd run a window cleaning business with uh, sort of a semi competitor you know, competitor well yeah
1: no ca- calatayu junk vitra nets um, pierre luc Godet, he's a, he's a re- still a, I consider him a really good friend and they run yeah. a really great business and and so you worked with them and and uh, yes Exactly. No, and that was and that was, like I said, fabulous
0: sort of experience to have that, but it also gave me a really interesting lens that not many other people that are in this chair anyway have of being able to compare and contrast. And you know, the goal of today is not to say one's good, one's no. bad. Certainly not that because I, I have massive respect for for Pierre and and for Vitranet and Kevin Suzanne. But it was it was sort of interesting to see the differences and yes. certainly. What you've been able to create, and not just you—I mean, with everyone—that's just this massive, you know, wonderful culture has been is is wild. And you know, for me, I remember sort of thinking, "Do I, you know, do I jump on and help, you know, start the window cleaning brand with with student works?" And it was, uh, it was hard to say no. Yeah. <laughs> Got to couple on board with with a bunch of really, really, uh, you know, fabulous people. So. My train of thought on that was, it, you know, I was doing something else at the time that didn't bring me sort of the the value and the joy that I wanted, and I was looking at you know all the successes and the massive wins that everyone was having at uh, at StudentWorks, and just thinking, yeah, I think that's that's something I really want to be you know be a part of. So uh, that, I mean, that was the the case on that for for moving over ultimately into into doing that, and uh, from there it was actually my first year. I just worked as a painting DM, ultimately, because we were still sort of, we we're putting all the things and the ingredients in the oven to get ready for, you know, first year sort of soft launch, if you want to call it that, for, for our window cleaning brand uh, in what was my second year as a DM with, with student Marks.
1: Well, no, that's fascinating. And I know one of the things that... I remember, you know, conversations about you just to, to be clear, you know, like, oh, should we do this? And this, we've never done anything like this. Yeah. But one thing was clear was Adam totally fit culture wise, you know, because he was in all the different social events with Victoria. And he was just like, he was, you know, student works and just not right. to have a great time. Yeah. Yeah. It was the right fit. It worked yeah. Out. yeah, Yeah. No. And I think as well, like just given, you know, what you were doing, it really helped reset, you know, first of all, you certainly, you certainly made a huge impact on us. I was just looking at the, at the numbers, you know, our first soft launch, we, we did $150,000. And then that next year we did $1.5 million, you know, and then now I I think we should do $7 million, just, just incredible, you know, in in the success that we've had. And and again, a whole bunch of it is, uh, you know, thanks, thanks to you. Yeah,
0: well, yeah. I, I, you and I did the same thing. I looked back at the numbers and sort of watched the watched the trajectory sort of go up in the couple of years that I was doing that. And and uh, hearing what you're doing now is wild. You know, I mean, that's that's just amazing. So, um, you know, I, I remember when when we were sort of starting out, it was you know, oh, it's the little little yeah you know, window cleaning. It's sort of a side project, and now you know, it's very much not a side project, which is which is crazy to think of how far it's come just since 2015, 16 sort
1: of thing. Well, and the business literally is bigger uh, than we were at the time. So, so you know, yeah. and it's, yeah. it's, you know what, it's going to be, you know, 50% bigger than we were at the time. So 100%, it is just a crushing, crushingly successful business. And it's just incredible. One of my favorite comments was, you know, we run for a long time and it's no longer now. We run a pretty good window cleaning business for a group of painters. That's, that's what it was. <laughs> yeah. Now we are a window cleaning business. We run a tremendous window cleaning business for a bunch of people who really understand window cleaning inside and out and how to develop leadership. And it's it really is fascinating. So but but tell me, what do you still rely on from the program and and, and learning and all the all the all the skills that you developed? For sure.
0: I mean, I think you would shoot me if I didn't, it didn't bring up the referability habits. So yes, I, think, yes. I think I have to say that. I mean, that's part of being on the podcast is doing that. <laughs> but you know, the referability habits are, you know, it's it's easy to almost, you know, make fun of them or say, you know, you learned this in kindergarten, but as somebody, and, and I think it's interesting, because I think the audience for the podcast is is mostly pretty, pretty young people that probably yes. homeowners. Yeah. And as somebody that after student works has gone on and gotten a bunch of rental properties and things like that. I deal with contractors all the time. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know how I don't have gray hair yet. I will get it soon, you know, but it's all of those referability habits that that are there, which seems so basic, just don't exist in the contracting world. Like there's yeah. just, it's not, it's not even there. I was shocked of how bad, you know, contractors are. So, you know, all of those things actually make me stand out in what I'm doing, even though it seems so sort of basic, you know, be on time, finish what you start, do what you say, you know, say please and thank you. I mean, this is the, again, going back to kindergarten, but that's super, super big. And I would say the other thing as well that I, I really rely on is, uh, I do a bunch of renting for rental property. So you're finding tenants and, and putting tenants in buildings and things like that. Uh, and, I still to this day use a script when I call people. It's um, not the same scripts that you use. No, actually, you know, I've taken some elements and changed yes. them out and all of that. But but you know, I I need to read it. I and yeah. no, that's that's wild. But I preach that so much to the operators that that I was coaching at the time, which is just like you know, you need those eight points in front of you. You yes. can't not. It's, it's it indisputable, you know, You yeah. couldn't even imagine a world that, where that wouldn't exist. So I still keep that to this day to heart and do that because it's, it's wildly important. It makes such a difference for just the quality of the conversations that I get to have with people. So, I mean, there's a laundry list, but I would say those are the two, the two ones for sure.
1: Two big ones. And- yeah, the big one. And we'll jump over the first one because it's so important. And again, it's the basics mean make, make all the difference. But I love Hold the up. idea yeah. of the script. And it's really for two reasons. Because number one, you, we use the script for sales, but we also use the script for recruiting. And you know that. And just how do you get really great people? And really, in many ways, that's what the rental process is. How do I get really great people into my properties and not get hit by the, the really bad one? and the, the impact that can be. So again, if we're not walking through those consistently all the time, we are just so much more at risk of that bad tenant. And it just makes such 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 an impact. And, and so for me as well, you, typically over a hundred interviews every, every fall. Actually, it was funny. I remember one time in Montreal, you, you keep looking at your computer, you're not even paying attention to me. Um, <laughs> so unfortunately this person obviously was not recruited and didn't have very good people skills. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> just, you know, I was just reading the questions. I'm looking at the questions. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. So, I mean,
0: Using my eight points. Like I, I, have I to, know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Too funny. Um, and by the way, one thing I've put in since then is anytime I'm doing an in-person interview, I was just, you know, I'm just reading a, a list of questions here. Just, just so yeah, that, so, yeah, so yeah. that 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 that's what I changed from that. 15 yeah, years Yeah, PTSD ago, from <laughs>
0: Montreal that one time. Got yeah. to
1: change the whole system. Yeah, I know. So why don't we talk about your career progress? So you so you left. Uh, you know, uh, three really amazing years as a, as a coach. What did you move on to? What was interesting? We'll keep the real estate conversation separate. We'll come back to that because I know you were using your um, the income from your job to fund the real estate, but go on while yeah. we talk about that first.
0: Sure. Absolutely. So after leaving, uh, student works, ultimately I, uh, you know, for me, my degree was in marketing, which isn't necessarily saying much. You could get that out of a cereal box, you know, almost. <laughs> so, um, you know, one thing that I, I picked up at student works, and I think a lot of people do as well is, is, I became really good at a lot of things, right? It wasn't like I was just good at accounting and that was the only thing that I did. You know, what I was not looking for in a career path was something where I did the same thing over and over again. I couldn't do that, right? So, you know, when I when I started staring at, okay, well, what, what do I really want to be doing? One of the things that was at the, near the top of the list, if not at the top of the list, was being able to have a big impact within the company. And, and in conjunction with that, be able to to ultimately be able to do a whole bunch of different things within the company, you know, just, just, you know, have impact and do do different tasks and not get bored and all of that, because that, you know, I, I would, in a, in a heartbeat doing the same thing over and over again. So I ended up actually uh, beginning to work at a relatively small company, which is nice because you get to wear the hats yes. Um, yes, that works in the space of complex uh public engagement and consultation so basically the company itself i'll give an example because it's you know for some people that are listening it probably that's that means nothing so one of the projects that we have as a company right now is we're working with the federal government we're working with justice canada and justice canada is doing about a three-year project on trying to figure out a new indigenous justice strategy for canada and for us, we're very implicated in that project from the beginning to the end. So that means that we're figuring out, okay, well, what's, um, what does this potential strategy look like? Who are the stakeholders? What's the process for connecting with all these people? We've got to meet with all these different stakeholders and provinces and territories and indigenous nations and friendship centers and a whole bunch of different people. We need to conduct interviews and really understand from the people that are, you know, indigenous Canadians. Well, what what could a strategy look like? Take that back, you know, understand it and sort of figure out from that. Uh, you know, what What should our justice strategy look like and actually inform Justice Canada on, well, here's our recommendations. Here's here's where Canada should go as a country. Right. One example, but we have a bunch of projects like that. So I'm running the operations of that. So I, uh, you know, do a lot of working with employees, a lot of working with government employees on, at least on that file. And we do non-government too. And uh, sort of doing that. So I've spent my whole, you know, career path Post uh student works working working here and just trying to carve that out and and grow our business there. Uh, and since then we've also spun off into a couple of different directions as well to form some SaaS companies, so software as a service. Um, so basically, so you get monthly recurring revenues, sort of like window cleaning. You know, it's that idea that people come back, people pay you every Every year or every month or every you know whatever it is so uh, I've been helping on splitting off our business into a, some different components and trying to to take it from being uh, a managed service where we would do all the work and it's up hands-on for us and sort of push that over to our clients and and get monthly revenues from them so it's it's a lot of fun doing that and juggling that and trying to trying to grow that that business overall so that's that's where i spent the past four or five
1: years five years. Yeah, five. yeah, and I think as you've described, very complex. Lots of sales, lots of management, lots of leadership, lots of strategy. You know, it really is a very, very complex. You're it's not not a boring job, right? And no, you know, operating no it at a senior level, vice president in the in the operation. So I totally see, you know see the complexity there. Hey, leaders, I hope you are enjoying this podcast as we approach and surpass. 300 episodes. Well over 95% of the leaders that we have interviewed have been alumni of the Student Works Management Program. It has been an honor to participate in their development over the years. Starting now, and only for the fall months, we will be on campus at universities and colleges in Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast, interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down the path of entrepreneurship. If you are interested in being a leader in our program or know someone who does, please go to the show notes and hit student works and get sent to a landing page to apply. There is a bold student works that you can hit to go to a landing page to apply. Thanks so much. Back to the show. You know, one of the challenges I know we always talk about for our operators when they leave our program is finding something that's really going to challenge you, you know. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I mean, you get bored if you're not challenged. You don't go. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So why don't we talk about, I know right now your LinkedIn says you've got 34, but I, I heard you had 42 residential units. That's what I thought you said. Well, so,
0: we, uh, you know, it, it's, it's bigger every time you talk about it. No, no. It's it's uh, right now. It's thirty four. So it's thirty four it? doors. Okay. Yeah, it's thirty four doors spread over eight properties. So I'm in I'm in Ottawa here. So uh, all in the Ottawa Gatineau or sort of greater greater region here. So uh, yeah, closed on the last one a couple months ago, and uh, still still trying to keep keep that rolling and and keep uh, keep my foot on the gas pedal on that.
1: So tell me about that. So what are the keys to developing a successful Real real estate enterprise?
0: Uh, so, so, number one is probably money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, there are there, a, a lot of things I think are required to do it well. I mean, anyone can do it, but to actually make it profitable and to enjoy doing it, I think, I think there's some things that are, that are really important. So, uh, I, think, I think the first thing is either finding a partner or a coach uh, that's that's able to either walk you through it or be able to bounce ideas off of, or at least at a minimum be in a space where there's a lot of people that are ambitious around you that you can ask questions and, and get feedback on. And I mean, it's if that's the same thing that, you know, you, you're doing on your side, you have district managers to give the it's, it's the same thing. It's not like that, that you work in isolation there. And then the real world, real, real world afterward is, is different. So, you know, step one is that. So I'm really fortunate. I have a fabulous business partner, especially uh, my, my cousin. So he's uh, he's implicated in this as well. Um, so we've gone sort of 50-50 on, on the whole whole business there. And he's got uh, a few more years uh, than me of experience. So he's, he's a bit older and wiser, but fabulous to just have that relationship and be able to bounce that off. So that, I would say that's number one. And the way that I've done it is I started, you know, we started with a triplex, super simple, super straight before something that, you know, I think a lot of people can do, or you get a duplex and your house hack, you live in half and you rent out the other half or, you know, that's, it's a pretty low barrier to entry. I mean, again, buying real estate, it's not easy necessarily, but it's, you know, that's not buying a, a 20 you know, unit building or anything like that. So we bought a triplex to start with, and, and I made the decision that I wanted to manage it just because I wanted to understand how it worked. You know, not the building itself, but just okay, well, how do you what are the interactions like with tenants and how do you manage that? And um, you know, I didn't start with scripts or, or you know, a system in front of me for how to do it, but relied heavily on what student works did with, with coaching and all that sort of stuff there and sort of slowly started to develop to develop that. And each time a problem came up. Uh, or a challenge came up. It's like, okay, well, how, did, how do you work through this? Like, oh, I need to tenant a place. Well, okay, well, how do I do this? And just trying to work through each of those steps sort of with a smaller building. And that, you know, rolled into, okay, well, I guess it's time for another building and have some cash and, you know, all right, well, let's let's do that and ended up really starting there. So I would say that's at least for me, that's been the start, you know, good people and figuring out your systems and, and learning that. If you want to grow it, There's only so far you can take it if you're managing it on the side of your desk uh, until you just, you can't scale it, right? So I'm at the point now where about a year ago, I ended up getting a property manager to, you know, to start working in the business. But what I found valuable was I already understood how it worked. So I was able to see the strengths and weaknesses of, you know, the property management Ah. on and just you know, had I not gone through that couple year period, you know, of, of learning on my own, I wouldn't be able to, to accurately assess, well, is is he doing a good job? Right. Or <laughs> like how they're doing this. Yes. And you know, what one of the things is I don't like how he rents places. So I still do that. You know, I, I so just made that decision of no, I'd rather do that myself. I value the interaction with the people, you know, I want to see who's in the buildings and also. I'm able to do it better than him anyway. So.
1: so smart. By the way, that is the that is the most important decision you make, other than the purchase of the home. The next one is who are we putting in the home. And oh, then y- you've got you've got the, also you own the relationship with the person, et cetera. They oh it's Adam's house, et cetera. Like I think there's a there's a connection. Like one of the biggest concerns, you know, for for our leaders listening is it's you know, a hundred sorry, it's hundreds of thousands of dollars of risk that Adam places in somebody, you know, what are they gonna ruin that, my house, et cetera, et cetera. So you're looking in the whites of somebody's eyes, you know, there's also the opportunity to upsell. Oh, we've got five people there who are looking at the property at the same time. Oh, who is the best person? They see that then they're gonna put their shiny shoes on and sell for you. Or or here's, here's why I'm a better person and this is what I can do. Or, or maybe I can offer you $50 more per month or whatever it is to make a difference.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, it's and and not to say that I'm the best in the world at doing it, but you know, I'm I'm good, and I have systems, and I can do it reliably. Sometimes, you know, as as it is. you know as as an operator and student works, you know, as you're you're making endless calls and sort of saying, am I ever gonna ever gonna land this? Am I ever gonna f-? it's you know, trust, trust the systems, trust the process, you'll get there. It's fine. You know, believe in that. So that's that's sort of what I've I've done. I'm going through I'm gonna, gonna rent three places here. I just closed one one today. So I'm like, okay, I'm feeling good. We're we're good. All right. right
1: well done. Yeah. Well done. Well so excited as well and in your focus on your systems, right? That's that's okay. that's what's, yeah, what's great. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, so what? What about biggest failures or mistakes, and what did you learn from those? Hmm. Biggest failures or mistakes? Um, probably
0: two come to mind. I think one would be, I'm a really good saver of money, and historically happened. You know, some people are, are spenders, some are savers. So I'm more of a saver, and I'm going to spin this into a failure. Just watch, watch me. Do this. <laughs> Yeah, but but uh, I really played defensive with money too long, you know, and I just was like, well, I don't want to deploy it, you know, I don't want I don't want that risk. And and to me, you know, that that sort of thought of not starting sooner is oh, it's brutal. Like, I wish I would have started a lot sooner, but but I, I chose to be safe. And I chose to be complacent and just say, you know what, this doesn't make sense for me. So I don't, you know, you ask any business owner, you know, rental properties, doesn't matter what it is. Nobody's going to say, I wish I started later. Like that just that conversation doesn't doesn't happen. Right. So, (laughs) yes, I I would say that was, you know, a failure. It hasn't been detrimental, but had I not, you know, really lived that life of, you know, saving money and being defensive would be way farther ahead right now. So I would say that's that's one. And you know, something that i'm I'm still working through you know to this day is being able to find the right balance between hard work and having fun and you know balancing personal relationships and uh, and you know how much I'm working and and, and and all of that and just getting the right balance of work and fun in life. and I, I still have yet to get it perfect. I don't think ever will, by the way. Um, but, you know, I realized that I, you know, I'm not great at that. And that's certainly been a failure. And, uh, you know, in my life, of just, you know, had I put in a bit more time in relationships or having fun and stuff like that, you know, I, I think I'd be in a bit of a different place than I am now. And, and And that sort of recharge as well is super helpful, too. I mean, right. So it's you know you work hard and you keep putting time in your business and you think well I have to do this. It's like yeah but like you're burning yourself out. You gotta figure out how to how to maintain that and how to how to balance it. So I would say that those two are probably probably the bigger ones for me. Yeah. Uh, there's there's a ton, but those <laughs>
1: those <two> are, those <laughs> no, well, are the top. well I think those are I think those are great and, and certainly the the work life balance I know I used to do facilitated trainings across North America with entrepreneurs. And that was something that came up all the time, you know, and, and it's the things that make us successful also, you know, maybe in our entrepreneurial or our work life, you know, d- you know, get in the way of our uh, a successful personal life and, and, and like that balance. So finding it is, is, is definitely challenging. So thanks. Thanks for sharing that. And so as you went from like that university student to now, a, you know, full-time value creator in the full-time world, what did you need to change about yourself, Adam?
0: Um change about myself. I think probably most importantly was figuring out who I was. I, th- I think that's that's number one, is 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 being able to understand that is the fundamental element to being able to grow. So I remember when we did uh and went through uh, predictive index and that that sort of training there, uh just just understanding how I operated made me so much more aware of, oh, okay, here's here's the roadblocks that I have and here's the difficulties. So w- one example there, at least for, for me, is um I have you know what's called analysis paralysis. So I I like to take decisions, but I take forever to do it because I need all the information. And it just it doesn't work. And you end up in this sort of roadblock where you can't make any decisions, it goes nowhere and I I never had it explained to me in that way. And sort of in that, I remember in that meeting, we were were doing that. I just sort of thought, oh, this is this is why I struggle with all of these other things. Yes. well, Well, okay. so now I need to make decisions and I need to do them quickly. And I found that over time, as I really try and work on myself and being able to do that, that I'm also resourceful. So even if I don't make the right decision or the perfect decision, I can still roll with it and it's still fine. But I still, to this day, have to force myself to get out of my comfort zone and just say, okay, yeah, I have, I have to make this decision. I have to go do that. Yeah, I have to choose to do it. Absolutely. So I, I would say that sort of the first thing that I had to first even step zero was understand about
1: myself so that I could sort of know what to change. So that was huge. Can we pause if you want to add anything more? But I just love that. And- so first of all. Just so everyone knows, Adam was in the first ever predictive index training that we had. I remember that now. Rob Friday, another somebody on our on our pod and an alumni, had us out and it's just a fantastic training program. And, and Adam's talking about some challenges about that he encountered, that he now understands better, that he can go and make strides in. And guess what? Everyone, when they do their predictive index, sees oh. Me operating to the best that Chris Thompson can operate, this needs to change, or this I need to be adaptive here, or I need to be adaptive here. And so it's not, it's not like anybody shows up exactly where they, they are, or also exactly where they want to be all the time, right? Like so and so, you know, we hire a lot of people, very assertive, very competitive, very driving. Well, that doesn't work all the time. <laughs> yes, it'll no, work it And selling a job or or pushing to get a a, a result, but that isn't always what we want. And, and that won't help, again, in an interpersonal relationship necessarily all the time. So it, it really, again, helps put a lens on ourselves and a real awareness. So I, I love that. And I just wanted to broaden that for everybody listening, because people might go, oh, I don't have that. Oh, you don't. And there'll be other weaknesses that you may have.
0: Oh, for sure. I mean, everyone everyone has it. You just have to understand what it what it is, so that you can actually go and attack that, or or work around it, or work on it, or whatever is the best way to to, to deal with it. I mean, it, that that's okay. Just because you're not good at something doesn't mean that you know you don't use that as an excuse. That doesn't that doesn't work. Yeah. So, no, I I would say that that for sure, biggest thing, absolutely biggest thing for
1: me. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Um, if someone wanted to do do what you do, what key habits that would they want to steal from you, Adam? Um, for key habits, I'm I'm not
0: gonna I'm not gonna go with the daily stuff. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb here and, and first preface this with saying, you know, I'm not a financial advisor, so don't, you know, don't take <laughs> this advice to heart. You know, these are not this does not reflect who student works is, you know, all of yeah. that. But uh, you know, I I try to once or twice a year, uh, go broke, you know, absolutely run out of money and it's stressful and look under couch cushions for, you know, for, for loonies and tooties and that kind of thing. And that for me is really important because you know, I love it. So what I'm doing with that is I'm funneling all of that money into investing. You know, more, you know yes, I'm not exactly. Yeah, I know. Like I breakfast. know. Yes, not casino, you know, no. exactly.
1: Um,
0: but really trying to like I'm trying to grow this rental business to be really, really, really substantial and really trying to accelerate that this year and, and next year as well. And what I'm willing to do with that is to do what other people aren't willing to do, right? Is to put myself in a position that is really uncomfortable doesn't feel good at all but for me i have a really big why right my why is is so huge on that i get the big picture i see the value in doing that and and for me it's a fun exercise of trying to figure out you know okay well is it going to go negative or not and it's i don't know I, i enjoy i enjoy that game but ultimately it's it's just you know what I'm willing to do on this is probably much more than other people would be. And I think if you approach anything in life like that, you know, going the extra mile or working harder or working later, or doing whatever, or knowing your systems better or knowing whatever better, then you're going to come out on top. Like it just, it has to happen, right? I mean, do so carefully if you're doing what I'm doing. I guess not financial advice. Well, but not for me, would
1: be it. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, I won't share who, but uh, someone I have a whole lot of respect for actually talks about that as well. A uh, very, very monstrously successful person around my age who talks about that, you know, and making those challenging decisions. And, and a lot of times people like to, oh, and I can still do this and I can do that. That's not how I did it, you know, and I yeah, really, yeah. really dug in. And, and, and so what, what, you know, you mentioned, you know, your why. What is your why then?
0: Uh, so... I'm number one, I'm really enjoying growing this and seeing how far I can take it uh, arguably on the side of my desk right now. I mean, this is not my, my full-time thing, um, but in order to, to, to pump money into this and be buying properties and things like that, just, you know, need, need to, need to run it on the side of my desk. So that's, that's number one. Number two is I'm really trying to create a really interesting life so that I'm able to really travel, um, you know, get get out of Canada for the winter. I don't love the winter. So try and be able to escape that. But then, you know, as of, as of recently, I've really started to appreciate the fact that, you know, I'm not just building a business for the sake of building a business with when it comes to rentals. Uh, I actually find a lot of value in being a good landlord, because I feel like
1: there's not tons. <laughs> yes, I whole I wholeheartedly agree by the way. I'm in the I I we rent a second property and you know, we've had a, a number of landlords and most of them are really not very good. They just they 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 know that they have a, a supply and demand advantage and they just really don't care. Here, put your request in this little request bucket and we'll ignore it. Um, And (laughs) and, you know, and so so (laughs) we have to threaten to straighten out our deck and all sorts of things. So yeah, just yeah, yeah. So being a good landlord is something that really matters. Yeah, I mean,
0: even even today, rented rented a unit to somebody coming into Canada from Ukraine, and it's like that makes me feel really good of being able to help somebody have a better life. You know, like I, I know that on the surface, yes, I'm a slumlord and whatever, but but deep down, like I want I want the world to be a better place for the people around me and for everyone and, and you know this is one way I get to do it and, and I really I really enjoy that.
1: Yeah and also as well I'm sure knowing knowing and looking at your place you're not a slum lord right like you care about your places and you you maintain them and that makes a huge difference. Yeah so no I think I love that. I love that and, and again finding a, a passion and a purpose in your business. So that's awesome Adam. So one final question. When you think of a leader of tomorrow, what comes to mind? sure uh
0: leader of tomorrow um i think think it's changing so much but as it stands right now i think being able to provide massive value and empower others is super super important i know like what what you're on about over there you know you think it's what, you know thousand millionaires is what your yes. goal is yeah. but you know by by doing that and focusing on making other people's goals and aspirations come to life, then then so do yours. So I think if you if you really start to take that to heart, that's super super helpful. And you have to do it at scale. Uh, I really believe that. I don't think that you can really be a a leader, a really big you know a leader or anything like that if you're not actually going out and actively scaling things. So. That, that is another really, really important piece that, that I feel pretty strongly about.
1: Love that. I love that. And as, as we've talked about a number of times that involves systems and structures and following them, <laughs> even the ones we create, right? You don't get
0: there by accident.
1: You don't <laughs> get there by accident. <laughs> that is so true. Hey leaders. I hope you enjoyed this episode by now